This episode of Diffusion Science Radio is supported by you, the listener. When you visit audibletrial.com science to try Audible free for 30 days, go to www.audibletrial.com science to receive your free audiobook today. Or make a donation directly on www.diffusionradio.com. The International Science Radio Show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we inject weird and wonderful science directly into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, the 2014 Ig Nobel Prizes. But first up, here's the news. Maven reaches Mars orbit. On Monday, the NASA robotic spacecraft, Mars Atmosphere and Volatile Evolution, MAVEN, after a 10-month, 71 million kilometre journey from Earth, put itself gracefully into orbit around Mars, reducing its speed from 20,000 kilometres per hour to 16,000 kilometres per hour. MAVEN will collect data to find out how the atmosphere on Mars came to have low levels of water and high levels of carbon dioxide that we see today. The atmosphere of Mars is only 1.5% of the density of air on Earth. It's very thin. It's suspected that the atmosphere used to be thicker and that Mars used to be wetter. MAVEN will lower itself over the next few weeks to its operational orbit 150 kilometres above the surface. MAVEN joins two other NASA orbiters, two NASA rovers and a European orbiter at Mars. A Martian probe from India is scheduled to arrive on Wednesday. It's getting crowded over there. You're listening to Ian Wolf on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. The Ig Nobel Prizes are awarded each year by the Annals of Improbable Research. For science that first makes you laugh, and then makes you think. This year, the theme was food. Ladies and gentlemen, the awarding of the 2014 Ig Nobel Prizes. We're giving out 10 prizes. The winners come from many nations. This year's winners have truly earned their prizes. Karen, tell them what they've won. This year, the winners each receive an Ig Nobel Prize. Uh, What else? Oh, I'm so sorry. And, and a piece of paper saying they've won an Ig Nobel Prize. It's signed by several Nobel laureates. Do they get any money? Ten trillion dollars. 
10 trillion dollars? 10 trillion dollars. U.S. dollars? Zimbabwean dollars. <laughs> A Zimbabwean 10 trillion dollar bill. Do they get any food? No. No. How lovely. Thank you, Karen. The Ig Nobel Prize for Physics is awarded to Kiyoshi Mabuchi, Kensei Tanaka, Daiichi Uchijima, and Rino Sake of Japan. The Physics Prize was for measuring the amount of friction between a shoe and a banana skin. And between a banana skin and the floor, when a person steps on a banana skin that's on the floor. They did this by setting up a force transducer, a floor tile, banana skin, and then had someone applying force with their shoe sole by moving their foot. They found that crushing the banana skin released polysaccharide follicular gel, which acted as a lubricant. The paper was titled Frictional Coefficient Under Banana Skin and was published in Tribology Online. Tribology is the science and engineering of interacting surfaces in relative motion. It includes a study and application of the principles of friction, lubrication and wear. The Ig Nobel Prize for Neuroscience is awarded to Jian Gang Liu, Jun Li, Lu Feng, Ling Li, Jie Tian, and Kang Li of China and Canada. The Neuroscience Prize was for trying to understand what happens in the brains of people who see the face of Jesus in a piece of toast. The phenomenon is called face pareidolia, the perception of faces that don't exist. The researchers showed people images that were 100% noise, but being psychologists, they lied and told them to expect that 50% of the images contained faces or letters. The people in the study saw faces 34% of the time and letters 38% of the time. They used functional magnetic resonance imaging to look at which parts of the brain used extra oxygen when people looked at the images. The idea was to see what parts of their brains they used more. The right fusiform face area in their brain showed a specific response when participants reported that they saw faces as opposed to letters in the pure noise images. The researchers concluded that human face processing has a strong top-down component where sensory input with even the slightest suggestion of a face can result in the interpretation of a face. The paper was published in the journal Cortex and titled Seeing Jesus in Toast, Neural and Behavioural Correlates of face pareidolia. Please welcome Kang Lee. Thank you very much to the Ig Nobel Committee for the prize. But I have a question for the audience. Have you ever seen the face of Jesus on toast? No? Elvis on a tortilla? No. Or your Uncle Bob in the clouds? No, that's too bad. It's perfectly actually normal for you if you do. As our studies have shown, your brain is completely normal if you see non-existent faces in everyday objects. In fact, if you don't, your brain may actually lack the essential ingredients for a vivid imagination. <laughs> and I have some good news for you, for those without a good imagination. I just found out you can buy a Jesus toaster on eBay <laughs> for just $49.99. Thank you very much.
The Ig Nobel Prize for Psychology is awarded to Peter Jonathan, Amy Jones, and Minna Lyons of Australia, the UK, and the USA. The Psychology Prize went for amassing evidence that people who habitually stay up late are, on average, more self-admiring, more manipulative, and more psychopathic than people who habitually arise in the morning. The lead researcher, Peter Jonathan, I interviewed last year on the evolutionary psychology of sexual strategies. For this study, they used a sample of 263 people looking specifically for what they called the dark triad. Narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism. And finding if people with these traits were night people. A narcissist has an egotistical focus on themselves, their needs, and how they're perceived by others. But that's enough about me. Let's talk about what you think of me. Psychopaths have diminished empathy and very little remorse. They're predators who take advantage of others using charm, deceit, violence, and other methods to get what they want. It's not personal, it's just business. Primary psychopaths are born without the ability to feel normal emotions due to the way their nervous system works. Secondary psychopaths do feel emotions, but behave as predators anyway, due to an adaptation to harsh conditions during childhood. Machiavellianism, named after Niccolo Machiavelli, author of The Prince, is a psychological measure of people's tendency to deceive and manipulate others for personal gain. I didn't ask you because you would have said no. I didn't tell you because you didn't need to know. This is an operational matter. All three of the traits of the dark triad are about a callous lack of interest in the well-being of other people and cynical manipulation of people. More men score highly on the dark triad traits than women. The researchers proposed that to be good at cheating, people with dark triad traits would work better at night. Night people could take advantage of the low light, the limited monitoring and the lessened cognitive processing of morning type people, with less chance of getting caught. They measured narcissism with an online test where people had to choose between two statements for each item. Such as, I have a natural talent for influencing people, versus, I'm not good at influencing people. They used the 64-item self-report psychopathy scale 3 test to find their psychopathic tendencies. Subjects rated how much they agreed or disagreed with statements such as, I enjoy driving at high speeds, and I think I could beat a lie detector. Machiavellianism was measured with the 20-item Mark IV test where people rated how much they agreed or disagreed with statements such as It's hard to get ahead without cutting corners here and there, and People suffering from incurable diseases should have the choice of being put painlessly to death. Subjects with high Machiavellianism tended to also score high for psychopathy and narcissism. People who scored high on psychopathy often scored high on narcissism as well. So the researchers decided to create an average dark triad score. Whether or not the subjects were morning or night people was measured with the 19-item morningness-eveningness questionnaire. Subjects were asked to rate their sleep timing and schedules with questions such as If you got into bed at 11pm, how tired would you be? And during the first half hour after you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? Higher scores indicate a morning type and low scores a more evening type orientation. They found that the same number of women and men were night people or morning people. People who scored high on entitlement exploitativeness and secondary psychopathy were more likely to be night people, whereas leader authority types tended to be morning people. Primary psychopaths slightly more tended to be morning people. 
Overall, they found that people that rated highly in all three traits of the dark triad, narcissism, psychopathy and Machiavellianism, tended to be night people. The paper was published in the journal Personality and Individual Differences and was titled Creatures of the Night, Chronotypes and the Dark Triad Traits. The Ig Nobel Prize for Public Health is awarded to Yaroslav Flager, Jan Havlicek, and Yitka Hanusova Lindova of the Czech Republic and Japan, and jointly to David Hanauer, Naren Ramakrishnan, and Lisa Seyfried of the USA and India. The Public Health Prize was awarded for investigating whether it's mentally hazardous for a human being to own a cat. Of course, this is a reference to the influence of the brain-controlling parasite that lives in cats and uses mice and humans as a vehicle to get eaten by cats. Toxoplasmosis gondii. There are three studies conducted by the winners of this prize. In the first study, they tested women for antibodies to the Toxoplasma gondii parasite and then asked the women to fill out personality tests. Toxoplasmosis positive women were found to have higher intelligence, guilt proneness, and more apprehensive self-reproaching and insecure traits, and be more driven. They were unable to tell if the infection caused the personality traits, or if women with those personality traits were more likely to get infected with cat parasites. The study was published in Folia Parasitologica, and was entitled Changes in the Personality Profile of Young Women with Latent Toxoplasmosis. In the second study, they tested 857 men conscripted into the military. They tested the men for cat parasite antibodies and gave them personality questionnaires. The men who were infected had lower novelty seeking, impulsiveness, extravagantness and disorderliness. The infected men also had a lower IQ and a lower chance of achieving a higher education. The decrease in novelty seeking suggests to the researchers an increase in dopamine, which may connect infection with cat parasites and schizophrenia. The paper was published in Biological Psychology Journal and was titled Decreased Level of Psychobiological Factor Novelty Seeking and Lower Intelligence in Men Latently Infected with the Protozoan Parasite Toxoplasma gondii. Dopamine, a missing link between schizophrenia and toxoplasmosis? The final study used data mining from the records of 1.3 million patients. They searched for people with depression or bites. They found 750 patients with cat bites, 1,108 with dog bites, and approximately 117,000 patients with depression. Depression was found in 41% of patients with cat bites and 29% of those with dog bites. Furthermore, 86% of those with both cat bites and depression were women, compared with 65% of those with dog bites and depression. They conclude that the chances of a woman being diagnosed with depression at some point in her life, if she presented to the health system with a cat bite, was 47%, compared to just 24% of men presenting with a similar cat bite. The authors don't draw any lines to Toxoplasmosis gondii, but the presence of a mind-altering brain parasite might have seemed too obvious. The paper was published in the Public Library of Science PLOS One, and was titled Describing the Relationship Between Cat Bites and Human Depression Using Data from an Electronic Health Record. Please welcome Yagoslav Flager and David Hanauer and Naren Ramakrishnan. Good evening. It's a great honor and great pleasure for me that you have awarded our work on manipulation activity of the parasite Toxoplasma under sad species of mammals. 
namely on a rather interesting and common species of primates, men. <laughs> From scientific point of view, this discovery is not such a big deal. <laughs> the manipulative activity of toxoplasma was already described in mice, rats, another mice and another rats. <laughs> However, it could have some interesting uh, and uh, maybe a little bit disturbing uh, practical Im implication, which I uh, do not want to speak just today. But uh, please don't eat soil contaminated raw cuts. I hope that this award could bring uh, to the attention of both the general and scientific public our discovery of RH. Please stop. Please stop. Therefore, please and especially my really important discovery the theory of frozen evolution. Therefore, thank you, IG committee, you general I'm public, bored. and Please you toxoplasma, very, very much. The Ig Nobel Prize for Biology is awarded to Vlastimil Hart, Petra Novakova, Eric Pascal Malkemper, Sabina Begal, Vladimir Hanzal, Milos Jezek, Tomasz Kusta, Veronika Nemkova, Jana Adamkova, Katarina Benediktova, Yaroslav Zerveni, and Heinek Berda of the Czech Republic, Germany, and Zambia. The Biology Prize was awarded for carefully documenting that when dogs defecate and urinate, they prefer to align their body axis with the Earth's north-south geomagnetic field lines. For 70 dogs of 37 breeds, the researchers measured the direction the dogs aligned their bodies when they urinated or defecated over two years. They also recorded the state of Earth's magnetic field on those days and times. When the magnetic field was stable, the dogs preferred to align themselves along the north-south direction. When the magnetic field was unstable, they no longer cared. The best predictor of the dog's behaviour was the daily movement of the magnetic field and whether the magnetic field was stable. Typically, the Earth's north-south magnetic axis moves westward in the morning and eastward in the afternoon, while the magnetic field is rather stable at night. This is the first evidence that dogs can sense magnetic fields. The paper was published in the journal Frontiers in Zoology and was titled Dogs are sensitive to small variations over the Earth's magnetic field. The Ig Nobel Prize for Art is awarded to Marina Di Tommaso, Michelle Sardaro, and Paolo Livria of Italy. The Art Prize was awarded for measuring the relative pain people suffer while looking at an ugly painting, rather than a pretty painting, while being shot in the hand by a powerful laser beam. In the study, 12 subjects were shot in the hand with a carbon dioxide infrared laser, both while nothing was happening and while looking at paintings that they'd previously rated as beautiful, neutral or ugly. When they looked at the beautiful paintings, they felt less pain. The researchers were able to observe changes in the subjects' EEG brainwave readings. They conclude that the beautiful paintings are an effective distraction from the perception of pain. The paper was published in the journal Consciousness and Cognition and was titled Aesthetic Value of Paintings Affects Pain Thresholds. 
Please welcome Marina Di Tommaso. So um, you don't know, but art can reduce pain. And it is an, an Italian way of life. And um, if you have headache or low back pain, don't take pills. But go to a gallery and look for a paint you like. And for example, Botticelli is very good for uh, teeth pain. <laughs> or Van Gogh is uh, wonderful for bell pain. And um, uh, in Italy, in Italy uh, you can also come in Italy because we are very expert in forget pain for economical reasons. <laughs> I watched to our uh, very, um, uh, very beautiful artistic creations. And artists probably don't know, but they may be they wonderful and very, very good uh, doctors for pain. But they may be also the terrible painkillers. Thank you. The Economics Prize was awarded to ISTAT, the Italian government's National Institute of Statistics, for proudly taking the lead in fulfilling the European Union mandate for each country to increase the official size of its national economy by including revenues from prostitution, illegal drug sales, smuggling, and all other unlawful financial transactions between willing participants. The Ig Nobel Prize for Medicine is awarded to Ian Humphreys, Sonal Saraya, Walter Belenke, and James Dworkin of the USA and India. The Medicine Prize was awarded for treating uncontrollable nosebleeds using the method of nasal packing with strips of cured pork. This was a treatment of last resort because all the conventional treatments had failed. The method worked because there are some clotting factors in the pork and the high level of salt pulled in a lot of fluid from the nose. The researchers do not recommend sticking pork up your nose for a routine nosebleed, as it would cause infection. Leave it for the last resort. The report of a four-year-old whose life was saved with this method was published in the Annals of Otology, Rhinology and Laryngology, entitled Nasal Packing with Strip-Secured Pork as Treatment for Uncontrollable Epistaxis in a Patient with Glansman Thrombasthenia. The Ig Nobel Prize for Nutrition is awarded to Raquel Rubio, Anna Joffre, Belen Martin, Teresa Eimerich, and Margarita Garriga of Spain. The Nutrition Prize was awarded for a study titled Characterization of Lactic Acid Bacteria Isolated from Infant Feces as Potential Probiotic Starter Cultures for Fermented Sausages. Out of 109 lactic acid bacteria they isolated from baby poo, they found six that were suitable for making food. The bacterial strains were chosen for their antagonistic activity against foodborne pathogens, that is, their ability to fight food poisoning. Survival in the gastrointestinal tract tyramine production, and antibiotic susceptibility and aggregation capacity. Finally, three bacterial strains were selected as meat starter cultures. The Nobel Prize winners present at the ceremony were given the opportunity to taste some of the fermented sausage. Many thanks for the prize! For centuries, cultures across the globe have relied on microbes to help create a great variety of foods and drinks, like wine, uh, yogurt and salami. 
Microbes such as lactic acid bacteria are considered normal inhabitants of our gastrointestinal tract. And as such, experts say that intestinal strain should preferably be chosen to be used as probiotics, probiotics that will ultimately improve our health. The question is, would an intestinal bacteria be competitive in sausage fermentation and produce a good product? If the answer is yes, we imagine a probiotic sausage as a vehicle for the delivery of bacteria with beneficial health effects. During our research at IRTA, we isolated 100 lactic acid bacteria from infant feces, a non-aggressive way to obtain intestinal strains, and purified for further characterization and assessment of their fermentation ability. And guess what? Some strains succeeded. So in the future, this could see fermented sausages join the kingdom of dairy products as food vehicles for probiotics. Why not give sausages a chance? The Ig Nobel Prize for Arctic Science is awarded to Egil Reimers and Sindri Eftestal of Norway and Germany. And finally, my favorite, the Arctic Science Prize, which was awarded for testing how reindeer react to seeing humans who disguised as polar bears. The researchers found that reindeer started running away from people dressed as polar bears at greater distances than the reindeer ran away from people in dark hiking gear, suggesting that they're more afraid of people dressed as polar bears. The paper was published in the Journal of Arctic, Antarctic and Alpine Research and was titled Response Behaviours of Svalbard Reindeer Towards Humans and Humans Disguised as Polar Bears on Ed Goya. I really love cats. And... I just want to hug all of them, but I can't, because that's crazy. I can't hug every cat. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about cats again. I just, I think about how many don't have a home, and how I should have them. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Would you like to join us? We need more people contributing stories to Diffusion. You can send your contributions, opinions, congratulations, standing ovations, gasps of amazement and helpful suggestions to science at diffusionradio.com that's science at diffusionradio.com and please do send me an email so i know you're listening and you'd like to hear more episodes please like the diffusion science radio page on facebook and rate us on itunes checking production was charles willock i produce diffusion which is broadcast around australia on the community radio network and two triple h in hornsby Karingai. Diffusion is syndicated globally on the National Science Foundation's Science360 internet radio station. And apparently on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to our podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for more information about this week's show. There'll be a YouTube clip of the entire ignoble ceremony for 2014. You can now hear Diffusion on Stitcher. Radio On Demand and On The Go. Download the free app from Stitcher.net and review Diffusion. Ask your local radio station to broadcast Diffusion. You support Diffusion by downloading a free book from Audible. Audible will sponsor Diffusion for everyone who signs up to the free 30-day trial and downloads the free book of their choice from audibletrial.com science. Or look for the donate button on www.diffusionradio.com to support the show directly. I'm putting together a crowdfunding campaign for Diffusion on fundscience.org.au. It's taking quite a lot of work before we can go live. 
I'd really appreciate hearing from you about what sort of fund rewards you think I should offer and what people and subjects you'd like me to cover if I just had more funding. For example, I need indemnity insurance from the Media Alliance to make sure I can survive being sued. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more Science Wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. And to take us out, here's Kara Hartman with Can't Hug Every Cat. Think about how many don't have a home And how I should have some I think about how cute they are And how their ears And the whiskers and the nose I just love them And I want them And I want them in a basket And I want little bow ties I just love them And I want them to be on a rainbow And in my bed And I just want us to roll around To roll around Round, round, round Sorry, I'm getting emotional I love cats, I love every kind of cat I just wanna hug all of them But I can't, can't hug every cat Can't hug every cat I am a cat lover and I love to run I'm sorry I'm thinking about cats Again, I really love cats But I can't hug every cat Get on every